0: Welcome to Lawler Out Loud, and thank you for listening. I'm your host, Christy Lawler, and this podcast focuses on highlighting the amazing men and women that make a difference in the world. And we hope to prove that every single person has the power to make a difference and make an impact. Today's guest is Alyssa Carpenter. So first, let me thank you, Alyssa, for joining us to share your company and your experiences and your story. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. The pleasure is all mine. I'm honored. So you are my first guest outside of the hospitality industry. And so I'm very excited to provide a different kind of content with your podcast today. Um, so let's start
1: by telling us a little bit about yourself. Oh, I'm very excited and honored to be the first one outside of hospitality Yay! Awesome. Um, It's interesting. My background is in higher education. So, professionally, I worked in colleges and universities for about 13 years. And during that time, I realized that there was such a disconnect between what was taught in school and what was actually applied at work. And when I was working with students, I would see them in the hallway with their friends and they would just say, everything's great. My life is awesome. And then they would come into my office and say, I didn't get the job. I failed the class. And I just got this idea that we were always putting on this brave face and trying to make everything in life. Okay. When it really wasn't. So I came up with my business name, everything's not okay. And that's okay to kind of be this mantra and message that we all have problems, you know, business owners and companies and, All that good stuff. It's just a matter of identifying them and working through them. So now I primarily work with companies and organizations and do a lot of keynotes. I also host a podcast, Humanize Your Workplace, and I have a book coming out next year, How to Listen and How to Be Heard, all about. Yeah, congratulations! It's a huge. That's you. It's a little bit crazy. I'm like a little. I'm so excited about it, but it just feels. It's crazy. That's how I can describe it. It's been such a fun process and and journey, just being able to bring people together at work and helping people build relationships and communicate through all of our boundaries and all the things going on. Yeah, that's fantastic.
0: I'm really, I'm so impressed. <laughs> <laughs> I can't, I, I, I've, I've wanted to write a book my entire yeah! life. I'm a writer, babe, but I just don't even know where to start. And I think the, the thing that, to start is what you just open a Word document to say this is my book. I'm just going to start typing.
1: Yeah, but that's, that's <laughs> the hardest part, right? I feel like I was coming up with all these ideas and concepts, and but sometimes I'm better with speaking since I do a lot of public speaking, and I couldn't get the energy to sit down. and I don't know about you, but I'm only really creative when I, I don't say want to be creative. Like things come to me in flow, but if I'm not in that flow, they're not yes. coming. So. I would yes. try to find the time and space to be able to do it, but it might be in the car driving somewhere. So I would put the voice memo onto my phone and it would record it and then I would get it transcribed. So it was just kind of coming up with those thoughts and ideas to get them out of my head because there's nothing to edit. There's nothing to look at if it's not out of <laughs> your head. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah. just how I started. Like just doing voice memos. If I had a couple minutes, the note section on my phone is full at all times um, with just ideas to kind of think about. Yeah.
0: You're gonna have to coach me.
1: Oh, <laughs> we got this. We are making your foot happen. I, you I need to learn from you. I need to learn from you.
0: <laughs> okay, we'll just we'll just share. We'll be to the same thing, right? Perfect. Awesome. So, tell me about
1: everything's
0: not okay, and that's okay. That must be the longest name of a company in the history of companies, right? So
1: (laughs) – Oh, it is. And it's so funny because when I was talking before about kind of its evolution and this idea that everything's not okay, and once we realize it, we can do something about it, it's – helped to apply in a lot of different aspects and it's become a mantra that's resonated with a lot of people. But I didn't realize how long the business name is, especially for social media channels and all that stuff. Um, yeah. It's been tricky, but now, you know, being able to keynote speak and do a lot of training just on helping people identify better ways to work with each other. We're working across different genders and races and ethnicities and locations and we're in virtual spaces and think differently and the whole idea and what I do is just bring people together and we've talked about a little about this before in terms of building those relationships, making people more human you know you're sending out email there is somebody on the other end of that email and being not snarky, not passive aggressive we all have our stories but we just have to be able to realize that and and have those moments to to have those breakthroughs and create those spaces.
0: I think it's amazing what you're doing. And I I love the fact that your company name is so long because it makes it distinctive. (laughs) It stands out because what you're doing stands out. Oh, thank you. And what you're doing is so important and so needed. And I think there's, I would love, to have you involved in my industry because I think there's so much that goes into what we do in hospitality, whether we're frontline as a bartender, a server, back of the house, busser, chef, trap cook, Mm -hmm. whatever it is, management, even corporate. There's so much that goes into it that needs to be humanized because at the end of the day, our entire, org- our, our entire industry is completely
1: reliant on the people yes. that drive it. And I think we forget that so often in business yes. that without a cook, you know, without a server, without, you know, all these people, things aren't going to happen. And you can't live in a vacuum and assume it will. But if you're not getting the order right from the customer and then communicating that correctly, you know, to the kitchen staff things are going to be lost and it's how do you communicate that this was incorrect. And it's, it's having that conversation, how to have it and Mm -hmm. when to have it. And are you using the same language um, in terms of, you know, how does this describe the salad or how does it describe this? We all need to be on the same page or at least understand where people Mm -hmm. are coming from, or you're going to get frustrated and you are at work for so many hours um, that you hopefully will like it there. Um, and people leave because they don't, right. If you're not able to communicate or relate to the people that you work with, it's not the place that you want to be. There's no reason to stay. There's other jobs out there and other things to do. Well, yeah. And that, that is a big
0: challenge is the staffing and the labor in, in, especially in yeah. hospitality because it is such a high rate of attrition. The revolving door never slows down. Oh, yeah. Um, And it's, you know, it's becoming one of those industries where people enter with the purpose of staying because there's so many new career paths that have been created from trends that have been followed. But that means that we have to pay more attention to the people. Yeah. And it's like people don't really listen to them.
1: Yeah. Right. People have a voice and people have really interesting things to say. Now, they all might not pan out. Right. But maybe somebody in a different position has a really cool idea for something else to be added to the menu or a new drink or a new night Mm -hmm. um, to have at the bar. And even just showing that you are listening and you're actively listening to what they're saying, and maybe you put some things in a place and maybe you don't shows that you appreciate and value the people that work with and for you.
0: Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. I
0: do a lot of work on culture, creating a sustainable culture for your organization. (laughs) And it doesn't matter if you're one bar or one restaurant or a massive chain. The treatment of the people should be the same. It should be respectful, kind, and open ears. Mm -hmm. Make sure that they're comfortable. Make sure that they feel valued because they can just go and work somewhere else. There's plenty of opportunities in our business. So I think, um, yeah, the, the human asset is the critical component. It's not just the kitchen equipment, it's no. the people. <laughs>
1: no. <laughs> no right? and, and, and it's interesting because, I mean, money drives people, right? But at some point, you have to be driven by that passion, by that purpose, by other mm-hmm. things. And you might leave because another organization or you know, a restaurant is going to pay you a little bit more. But not if you love your supervisor, you love the people you work with, True. you'll stay, you know, and being able to create and invest time in that will help retain your employees.
0: Oh yeah, because we've all had that experience regardless of industry where we've had a boss that we would have worked for for half the salary we got and then we would have a boss that we would run from if they doubled our salary. 100%. It doesn't matter. It's the person. They say people leave bosses, not jobs. It's absolutely true. It's absolutely true. And I've I've been lucky to have experienced both. I'm sure you (laughs) have too. And so you have that perspective. Like once you're with a bad boss, you're like, wow, I'm learning so much about myself right now and my love, my, my tolerance level for just how much shit I'm
1: willing to take. (laughs) Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, totally.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So uh, tell me a little bit about your inspiration. Like how did you get from discovering that this is a human condition that you were seeing manifesting itself in the students that you were working with to creating a company to really make a difference all across industries.
1: It's funny because I, growing up, was always trying to find my space. I don't love math and science. It's not my jam. Um, My brother, my parents, both are in that space. And I was always the person who included people, brought people together, gave people a voice, um, was trying to think through really more of a high kind of EQ and getting to know people. And I didn't realize that that was even a skill set or something that people would value And as Mm -hmm. I was, you know, working, even going to job interviews and hearing it, a lot of the places that my background's in higher ed, we would have different committees for a bazillion different things. And during interviews, you'd be interviewed by different groups of people. And they were all saying the same thing, but many of the groups were doing the same a different event for the same audience at the same time but they were never talking to each other and I was the only external person hearing all of these things so like I don't understand hmm. it was a lot of over using so much time and so many resources to get to the same people and nobody was really collaborating and nobody was really working together and it just yeah. sometimes it was just clicking it was something that I instinctively wake up in the morning And think, who am I missing? Who can I include? What ideas can I consider? And that just kind of gave me just a different ideas to make a bigger difference. And how can we give those people a voice and make them feel valued and heard? And are we overusing resources and time? Are we spending duplicating efforts? How can we streamline these processes more? Because people aren't even talking about what they're doing. So we're reinventing the wheel constantly, um, which is so frustrating to an individual and to the profit, the, the bottom line of the company.
0: Yeah, yeah. There's no ROI in reinventing no. the with, with every task. Oh my god,
1: that's ridiculous. Yeah, I know. But, and 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 yet it happens so much because we don't talk about it, right? You're not like I'm working on this or this is cool. We're never putting ourselves in spaces where we know what people in other departments and other areas are doing. And there's so many things that can be applied from one area to another, to some extent, it might not be the whole project, that whole idea, that whole concept, but maybe the base of it could, or the technology system that you use that is underneath of it could be adjusted a little bit to what you're doing. And it's just a matter of talking to people, (laughs) you know, who's your resource, who's your connection, what does this person do uh, to get you to get somewhere. Yeah,
0: totally. And I think this is why we became instant friends. (laughs) I'm I'm a very collaborative and inclusive person too. Like I suffer intense guilt every time I host a house party if I forget to invite someone. Oh my God. Like intense guilt. (laughs) So i like, if you could take that on a larger scale and you are doing it for the betterment of a company, which really does drive that ROI, I think- Oh, my gosh, yeah, collaboration. I actually asked this when I was interviewing my account manager. I'm like, what do you want to learn?
1: Oh, I love that.
0: No one's ever asked me that in an interview. Yeah. No one cared. They wanted to know if I was a fit for them, not if they were a fit for me. Yeah. So I took the opposite approach. I'm like, I think you're probably a fit. I want to know what you want out of this Mm -hmm. so that I can tell that I'm right or wrong in my assessment. Oh, yeah. And so- I,
1: it's, it's that simple. What do you want? What do you need? Right? And we don't ask it. And I'm, I use the word we all the time because when I'm working with clients, it's not all about you you, you or me, me, me. I'm, I am 100% invested in this process with you. How can we work together? Yeah. This is our project. This is our thing that we're working on because if you're not invested in either your client or the people you're going to hire, you're not going to be able to make any progress at all. And you can't be driven by tasks or projects solely. There has to be like, when you're talking about interviewing your account manager, there has to be something more like what projects Mm -hmm. can you give them? That would be really exciting or interesting or access or people or resources. There has to be something else for them to grasp onto, to want to work for you or Mm -hmm. be around you.
0: Absolutely. I'm not the only person that does what I do. He could go learn it from anyone, but I want, I want to, have that, I want him to have that pride in ownership, you know, which is amazing. I think that's, it's, it's what drives me. So I figure if I just apply what drives me (laughs) to others and then it's okay. If that's not okay. (laughs) See, you like how I threw you in there because it's such a, it's such a brilliant concept. I can't believe you're the first person to name a company. This shows that you are truly a standout genius in your field. Um, I just can't imagine. I think if I'd had you as an HR person, when I've had terrible
1: HR people in the past, I probably wouldn't have left the company. <laughs> but if, if somebody <gasps> said, "You call out like the elephant in the room." If we've had a bazillion meetings, you know, people don't want to be there. So, like, we're all—I know—you know, a lot of things are going on and are really busy. I appreciate you being here. I want to teach you that, like, just be a person and be human. And it's so right. simple at its surface, but we just don't like we don't we think up, about no. it
0: right it's like oh man no I think we we overthink
1: yeah. it, right a lot yeah or you want to hide right so you have something at home that's bothering you and you're upset so then you're gonna put on this brave face at work and be like everything's great but you might need a minute a breath you know to catch your breath maybe you talk to yeah. a friend or something at work if you you're only going to do good work if you bring your whole self there. If you have some people that you can talk to, you can't compartmentalize all these things, the things outside of the four walls of your office or your, you know, complex or whatever, um, things happen, right? We're real. We all have things going on.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So just put the human in the resources. I get Yeah. the HR is there for the company's benefit. If they're an employee of the company keep the human in the resources yes. because at the end of the day, the company is the sum of its parts and the parts of the people. So yep. we forget that a lot. So I lo- we do. I, I, and it's easy because you get so focused on the details and the process and you're just, you know, you're task yep. oriented and you can forget. So it's, it's hard to always yeah. stay present and, and focusing on the whole But yeah, it's a challenge, but I, that's why I just admire what you're doing so much. And I think it's so cool and I want to learn more about it (laughs) Um, and see how, see how you can benefit my industry too, because I think that there's a lot of need for the conversations that you're having with your clients for sure. So I'm wondering if you can give me an example of a negative experience that you had or, Maybe a negative point in your life, or a conversation, or even a person, and you turned it into either a positive memory or a positive learning experience.
1: So when we're talking about inclusion, so that would say my biggest strength, and it's also my biggest weakness because I'm I'm like you, who I'm working about who's going to be invited to the party. If I see somebody at another party, I will I don't say not have fun, but I'll make sure that that person is included. And earlier on in mm-hmm. my career, when I was facilitating meetings I wanted to make sure that anybody who had a touch point in this project or any of the projects were at a meeting so it basically looked like a freaking circus <laughs> be like, you might be involved and you might be involved and this person might be involved so there's just like a million people this first meeting that I had and it wasn't successful because there's too many people there they couldn't get their voices heard people felt like it was a waste of their time they didn't know why it w- they were there um, so afterwards Because I realized, like, this wasn't right. I shouldn't have invited everybody. I had a conversation with my supervisor and the person who was overseeing the project from a different department and just asked, what could I have done differently? Who really should I be invited? What are the questions I should ask when creating an invite for a meeting? And I was able to spin it into a a learning experience that while I want to include people, I don't need to be the one to include everyone. Somebody's supervisor or somebody else could be coming to the meeting. Mm-hmm. And as long as I communicate with them exactly what the next person needs to know, it'll be okay. So, not everybody needs to be yeah. in the room at the same time because um, you're not even going to be able to communicate in that space because it's a circus at that point.
0: Too many chefs in the kitchen. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. I agree with you. It can be a double edged sword. But that's interesting that you, like, immediate. you're like, whoop, oh, we've gone too far. <laughs> and like,
1: so many people. Yeah. I don't have a say Where do I go? <laughs> and, it, and even just like, sure. negative experiences in general, I think it's just entrepreneur. Like, I don't say you fail. I fail all the time. But there are certain things where it doesn't work. You pick up the pieces. Like, what worked? What didn't work? Kind of got to move on. You can't, I can't be married to an idea um, that doesn't pan out like the, the what I want to make a difference or what I want to do might be the same, but how I go about it has changed and it pivoted a lot um, since the beginning. Yeah.
0: Oh, totally. I get that. That makes, that makes perfect sense. And I remember like, especially when I worked for the government, we had planning meetings, which yeah. sounds all well and good mm-hmm. until you discover that you're sitting in a meeting to discuss your next meeting. Yeah. And I'm like, Seriously, we're a Dilbert cartoon right now. Uh (laughs) (laughs) I got stuff to do and it doesn't involve sitting here talking
1: about what we're going to discuss next week. Let's discuss next week now.
0: Oh, yeah. And I, and
1: I have a whole chapter in the book specifically on meetings of the questions to ask before you do the invite, that you should even have an agenda, what it should have, just all this mm-hmm. stuff. Because I, I laugh. Have you ever seen like the memes or they're even pins. Like I survived another meeting. And, you know, it's just this like, ugh, why are we in a room yeah. to talk about this? The person who should be here is not even here. Why are we? Tra- and that's huge in higher education. There's a committee for everything. There's a committee to talk about the other committees that need to be formed in 3 years from now. It's mm-hmm. bizarre.
0: Right? Yeah, well, that's kind of the government, too, it's at true. least in my experience. Oh, yeah. It just drove me crazy. I'm like, I just need I just need the shackles <laughs> taken off so I can go do what I need to yep. do. Cuz you're not you're not giving me more hours in my day. No. You're actually subtracting them from me. And that just doesn't work for a type yeah. A. So that's also part of it, I think, is understanding your type A's and type B's are going to be processing in different methods. Yeah. They're going to have different need states. So you need to focus on creating something that is inclusive, but also gives everybody what they need.
1: And I do a lot of things with, yeah. And I do a lot of things with the strengths finder assessment. So helping people identify their talent themes. So what are they good at? Mm-hmm. And That's interesting too, because I've had so many aha moments with teams because while I'm an activator and love to get things done and might be more vocal in a meeting, you have people who are sitting in the corner and not talking, but it doesn't mean they're not internally processing it and being strategic about the next thought. They're just not as loud, (laughs) you know, talkative as I am. So just knowing where people are, what they need to do to process goes a long Mm -hmm. way too.
0: Absolutely. Excellent point. So I'm wondering if you weren't doing this because you're clearly passionate, um, what
1: would you do? It's so funny. How would you fill your time? Oh, I could never be, I love my kids, but I don't think I need to stay at home parent. I think I would, I always think of what organizations I would volunteer more for or be. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I really, truly think I would volunteer more or work with high school and middle school girls. Um, to helping them develop their confidence and find their inner yeah. strength and their communication and, and just help them figure out what they want to do um, in their next pace of place. And I, I think I would either start a nonprofit for that or work with um, one, but I truly believe in that mission. That's a great answer.
0: And you're right. <laughs> it's That's something I don't think there's enough out there to really esteem young women. Yeah. Because I mean, we were teenage girls and preteens once, and I don't know about you, but I certainly had to overcome a lack of confidence. Oh, yeah. I was a dork. Oh, same. I had glasses. I hated the way I looked. I hated the way I felt about myself on the inside too. I really had to work hard to overcome
1: that. And it was so. And it's changing a little bit. But you have your school subjects, and I didn't love any of them, and. Trying to fill out your college applications, and you have to decide what you want to do. And there's so many more things out there besides math and history and science and English that you don't learn about. And just being able to be exposed to that and say, "Yes, I have this skill set that people value," or "Yes, I can bring this into a world," helps you get that confidence, like from the inside out. I truly Mm -hmm. believe that.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. I think that's that's beautiful. I think you're doing it. You're just doing it for adults. Yes. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> Which there's a lot of us that need it as adults because we weren't able to do it for ourselves when we were younger. Right. So we're still healing. We're still overcoming these things that kind of we allowed ourselves to be held back or we held ourselves back. Yeah. So you're you're helping those little girls that are just in grown-up bodies. Oh, thank you.
1: I like the way you phrase You're welcome.
0: That. <laughs> See? Think about it that way. Yeah. And you're helping the little boys too, obviously. That's the true. little boys, but, you know, <laughs> they're grown men, but they're still emotionally, they're not there yet. Right. So I think that you are adding something incredibly beautiful to people's lives through your work.
1: Thank you. I means a lot. You're welcome.
0: <laughs> you're welcome. So you're already doing what you would do.
1: <laughs> so, <laughs>
0: <That's> any, <that>. <laughs> any, <laughs> so any regrets, anything you, uh, you would go back and change?
1: So funny because at different points in time, I could tell you that I would regret, you know, working with certain people or taking on a certain, you know, project or something like that. And in that moment, in the month or two after that, like, healing process, I would tell you that I regret it. But looking back to me, each one of those things has helped me grow. Um, There's people that I've hired that at the time I was just so upset about. um, But I've learn what I can handle, what I can't, different conversations I didn't think I was capable of having. I've had, um, it's hard as a business owner to think about the regrets because I think that they've made me a better person and have changed the trajectory of my business, maybe faster than I thought that they would or slower depending on what the, you know, error is. But (laughs) It's, it's so hard because I, I try not to live a life of regrets because I can't change the past. So I can only change the future. And it's a matter of my mindset and how I look at that. And that's how I'm just generally this annoyingly positive. <laughs> it's not annoyingly I see the reality in things. I'm a very realistic and very practical yeah. person, but I try to see the best in each situation. Even if I can't find it in that moment, I will find it and try to, you know, spin it and learn something from that experience.
0: That's awesome. I, I call myself a realistic optimist. Yes. That's what it is. Yeah, I, I always, you know, you, you work and you aim for the best and you have your goals. And then you have your contingency plans because it doesn't always happen the way you project it to happen or the way you expect or want it to happen. So as long as you have your backup plans in place and you end up on contingency, contingency plan Z three yeah that's okay if you still reach the goal and you're happy with where with the goal it doesn't matter how you got there you got there yeah yeah
1: and in that moment right I'm definitely regretting it or in that healing period it could be a month it could be a year I'm like oh why did I do this why did this happen but once I can see the light or see past that it's no longer a regret and more of you know, learning experience. And I think, yeah. you know, just being an entrepreneur and being able to have that is it's just so different. I never thought I would ever, ever in a million years be an entrepreneur. I would be working in higher ed, but this is the fastest training I'll ever get. Um, so just throw yourself out there and see what happens. Right. Yes, absolutely. And then you look back and you're like, oh, okay. So
0: right? that worked. <laughs> and here's what I learned from that. Or that didn't that. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So, what would you want the listening audience to know about you?
1: Oh, you're such a good question, Asker. Um, oh, well, thank you. That <laughs> um, I'm not, well, one, I really like the phrase that you said um, in terms of being a realistic optimist, because I think sometimes I am sunshine and roses, but I'm very realistic when it comes to that. If something's not working, we're going to fix it and we're going to you know, make the situation better or different or move from the situation in general. And I'm here. I know if anybody has any questions, I'm available, you know, to answer those questions, to help your organization get to the next level of what you need or what you're looking for. I'm not perfect. I have failed. Hence my business name. Everything's not okay. And that's okay. I try to be as transparent as I can about it. I think it makes hopefully me a little bit more human. Um, We look at our highlight reels constantly of other people's highlight reels online Um, And I try to be as realistic of my life as possible. Um, So I'm a human. (laughs) Not that that says anything more, but I think I'm trying to put down, you know, the realistic face of what's going on. And just because you see, I might have done this or I might have done that. There was hard work behind it. There was time. There was sacrifice. There are things that happened to make that happen.
0: Well, yeah. And to your point, being a transparent person just adds credibility. I hope so. Especially doing what you do. It really is. You have to be what you say you are in
1: order to like yes. actually be successful in that effort. Yeah. So and it's good. And I think it it'll be interesting to see what the years come, what happens because I when I first started out, I wanted to make sure, okay, are my videos how do they look? Does it look like they're in 4k and just this silly stuff where I'm like, Oh my gosh, like people care and relate more to the raw video of me walking down the street talking versus it being this pristine, perfect background that, you know, I took 20 minutes to like vacuum the floor that was never clean, um, in that area. So yeah, like, just be you, be raw, be real. Um, yeah, not super, super raw, but you know, don't be necessarily crying in a corner somewhere, but people relate <laughs> to that. Um, people relate to humanness. And stories. Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: And it gives them a comfort level where they can open up and share more. And then everything becomes a little bit more. I think we've used the word inclusive a lot, but
1: it's, it's inclusive. Once people feel comfortable, they feel like they're safe. Yeah. And people do business and want to work with people, and especially in the hospitality industry, too, that they know, they like, they trust, and they can relate to. So if you have stories or experiences that you've had, people gravitate towards that. People want to work with you and be with you and be part of your, your system. Absolutely. Absolutely. So if people want to
0: learn more about you hire you to speak, hire you to humanize their workplace, (laughs) how, how do you want people to reach you? I'll put your links on in your bio and everything on, on my podcast, but I would love for you to just tell people how to reach you too.
1: Oh, sure. So I'm really active on Twitter and my handle is not okay. That's okay. Um, and it's just okay. And my website, not okay. That's okay. Coach.com. Okay,
0: perfect. Perfect. And I'll be sure to put those links um, in there too. Oh, thank you. you. My pleasure. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you. I really appreciate the opportunity. Oh no. I'm really excited to branch outside of like the normal topics <laughs> and go with something that's a departure because it's so critical to our business too, to talk to somebody that really knows how to, Create the human. Oh, thanks. <laughs> I appreciate yeah. it. Absolutely. Well, I, the pleasure's all mine. I, I, I'm overflowing with gratitude towards you today. And thank you all for tuning in to Lawler Out Loud, mixing up the mainstream.